to The Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the Fight Podcast, Sergio Vicente. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Welcome to another episode of the Fight Podcast. I, as always, am your host, Serge Vicente, and uh, welcome to another episode. This is episode 18, 18 of the Fight Podcast. Today, we have a great show lined up for you today. Uh, We recap the biggest UFC pay-per-view of the year in UFC 225, discuss the title fight controversy, the weight cut controversy, and the CM Punk versus Mike Jackson controversy. Uh, I'll also dive into all of the great boxing action all over the past weekend because there's a whole lot of that too. Um, Prospect alert. Each and every week we go ahead and do our due diligence and, um, you know, show some love to up and coming prospects. Um, We're also this week doing our fighter focus where we're going to go highlight fighters from other organizations that we may not know and uh, that's going to be later on this show also uh, we will have our ig story polls results and my takeaways of the week Uh, remember the fight podcast is brought to you each and every week by sage eats sage eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring sign up for sage eats at www.stage Man, we got to put the phones all on on silent. (sighs) Let me go ahead and start that again. My bad, Sage. Uh, (laughs) Again, www.sageeschicago.com and apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Uh, Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente and support the show by checking out me on the website www.thefightpodcast.com subscribe listen rate share on iTunes and SoundCloud and purchase merch today we have super dope hoodies uh, and t-shirts done in the Fight Podcast logo Uh, so go ahead and grab those uh, today man uh, jumping into it I mean this week was I mean this past weekend UFC 225 here in Chicago I love the event Um, I'm gonna really dig into like my breakdowns and you know how I did all my picks and everything else but all in all I mean the UFC salute to you guys I mean fantastic event um, at the United Center I mean all week from you know the media days uh, 
uh, to the events that they had that same day at the United Center. You know, the meet and greets, just fantastic event through and through. Um, yes. There was still some controversy with the weigh-ins with Yoel Romero, uh, which uh, my heart was super hurt about that. And um, originally, I'm not going to lie, I was pissed at Yoel, but after listening to a couple explanations, I'm not trying to be like a Yoel apologist or anything like that, but... I kind of get it, you know, so I'll go, I'll dive into that a little later on. Um, but yo, the pay-per-view only did, they said 150,000 buys, which I mean, for anybody that knows, um, pay-per-view numbers, at least they talk about it a lot. That's not the best numbers. I mean, that's not even a great one. I mean, when they're really doing something is when they're doing over 500,000 or so, uh, you know, views or buys and, uh, didn't seem like they did that, but, um, regardless of the fact if it was just the hardcores that actually watched it, um, great event, um, minus, oh, UFC, man. The CM Punk Mike Jackson fight was doo doo. <laughs> and um, just the fact that they went out there and put something like that on the pay-per-view was just ridiculous man so i'm definitely gonna go ahead and and dive into that all in all that event in a scale of one to ten you have to give it a solid eight you know granted yes i'm from chicago it was in my backyard i was you know enjoyed all the festivities there so i mean it was great it was great um the the fight themselves most of i mean there were epic knockouts there was you know fight of the year candidates so you know their new champions crowned so all in all man i have to give this an eight out of ten so again great event here in chicago and uh not only that the boxing events in la uh this week you know showtime goodness man these guys are really really doing a beautiful job and the way that they're marketing everything the way that they're the the matchups boxing has never done a great job with actually putting cards together you usually have this like ridiculous main event or on paper at least ridiculous main event and then you have no idea who's the co-main or anybody else on the other card. You would almost think that it was just that event in a boxing card. But Showtime has consistently throughout the last year and a half stacked the cards. This card, we were able to get the Leo Santa Cruz versus Abner Mates. Um, and on the undercard was Jermel Charlo versus Austin Trout. And anywhere else, that should 100% be the headlining event. But it wasn't, and honestly, I'm so happy it didn't because it was just a great fight in itself. And I was actually able to see, you know, uh, uh, Jamel cook a little bit and actually get more than just a round or two out of him and his brother, which is is incredible. So I'll dig into that fight a little bit later on in the episode. But um, 
Yo, man, let's just go ahead and jump into it. Um, fight news. Fight news. Uh, um, look, on this episode, I, I finally have some, like, sound effects and stuff. So if you hear some, like, fate in the background, weird sounds, uh, it, it's going to be uh, me trying to make this work. So uh, doing this for you guys. Uh, all right, just fight news. Uh, coming up, uh, Yoel Romero. After his um, epic fight uh, this this past weekend at the UFC 225 main event, 185-pound middleweight uh, championship, um, the fight actually ended up not being for the middleweight championship. Um, for those of us who don't know, Yoel Romero ended up missing weight, weighed in at 185.2 pounds. Yes, 0.2 pounds for most of us seems as if it's not a big deal. But when it comes to MMA, again, you have one job. You have to make weight. Now, after listening on um, the MMA Hour with Ariel Hawani, um, Ariel Hawani interviewed Melky Kawa, Yoel Romero's uh, manager. He went on to end up saying how they already anticipated him not making the original weigh-in and weighing in at 186 pounds but they knew that they were going to be allotted an extra two hours to go ahead and make the remainder of the weight yoel and his team his nutritionist, uh, George Lockhart, who's one of the best in the game, works with like McGregor and a couple other people. Um, they all said that was the plan. They said that they didn't, there was no issues. They had doctors present. And with all that going on, after Yoel originally missed weight, thought he was gonna get those next two round, next two hours, should I say, he didn't end up getting those hours. They ended up cutting him off um, according to Yoel's team, about an hour into the cut. They said they only needed five more minutes to make the 185 pounds. Now, the reason that they're suing the Illinois State Athletic Commission is because they believe, one, that took away from money. He had to, he was fined 20% of his purse, and not only was he fined 20% of his purse, they ended up getting fight of the night and he missed out on a $50,000 bonus. So the extra 20% purse went to Robert Whitaker and then the extra 50 stacks went to Robert Whitaker also. So, and then I'm gonna jump into it later. They also awarded him the fight. And now I don't know if all of that had something to do with it, but it kind of felt like it. So Robert Whitaker, salute to that man for having a tremendous payday, <laughs> um, goes out there and, you know, he does his job. He makes weight. But Yoel's argument is that he was not allowed the time deemed necessary. He had two hours to make it. The Illinois Athletic Commission didn't give him those two hours. So he's going to go ahead and sue them for that. I don't know if he has, I mean, look, he has a case. They didn't give him the time that they were supposed to give him. And because of that, he's suing. And that's what Yoel's team is saying. 
Me personally, I really do hope. Um, I mean, they're not going to make this fight a no contest. It, it is what it is. That that's said and done. You know, Robert Whitaker retained his, his uh, middleweight championship. But what they didn't do is that they went ahead and um, they took money from Yoel that if they allowed him to get it, he would have uh, made the weight. That's what Yoel is contesting. And honestly, I have to side with Yoel on that sense. So... Um, Shoot, I hope he wins. Um, chalk one up for the good guys, hopefully. And um, at these athletic commissions, they need to get consistent, man. It's it's getting ridiculous. What was going on in New York for all the, the, the fights and the mishaps and, and the people getting pulled out of events there to what's going on here in Illinois and all over the place. There are too many different rules. You need to have one unified rule set or something. Um but these commissions have way too much power and they're going out there and just truly taking money out of these athletes pockets you if you have these just like random people who have nothing to do with the sport making calls on these men and women's livelihoods i can't stand that we need more former fighters involved in those organizations and until that happens unfortunately we're going to continue getting this nonsense so i'll talk about it more a little bit more my, my takes at the end of the show but uh yeah man moving on man let's hope yoel gets that cracking all right um in again the the title fight that i was just talking about yoel romero versus um robert whitaker robert whitaker did end up winning a split decision victory against yoel romero and he ended up retaining his title at 185 pounds epic fight um people want rematches people want you know uh Super fights, there's so much that people want to happen because everyone was so excited about this just super dope fight. And all, I mean, you look at Robert Whitaker, he's only 26 years old. So it's so much upside. I'm he's 27, my bad. Yeah, but he's so much upside. So everyone wants to see what happens next. So the two gentlemen who are pretty much in line next were actually at the event. Kelvin Gastelum and um, and Chris Weidman, both gentlemen are um, pretty much vying for a case to end up, you know, for the chip and getting the the next crack at Whitaker's belt. Man, they both have a legit argument. Now. Me personally, I I think that Kevin Gaslam should get it. Kevin Gaslam has won his last, I believe, four or five out of six fights, beating the top guys in the division. And Chris Weidman is one out of his last four fights. If I look at it like that, I have to give it in that the strength of it. I have to go Gaslam. Here's the one caveat to that. That one loss that Gaslam has and that one W that Weidman has is against each other. Chris Weidman beat Kevin Gaslam. So Chris Weidman saying, look, I am the former champion. Yes, 
I came on some hard times, but I beat that guy. And since I beat that guy, I deserve the chip. This is what Kevin Gaslam had to say about that. I'm next in line, but I mean, who else would be next in line? I mean, Weidman, maybe. But I mean, he's coming off three and one. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm five, five out of six in my last six. So I'm the most. I mean, I'm one of the most active middleweights fighting the top ten middleweights in the world. So I've been winning. I mean, I lost a few. Against, well, I lost one against Weidman. You know what I mean? But out of my last six, I've won five. So, yeah, I agree with him. That's that's the perfect case. He made the right case. It's like, look, I've beat. Yes, I lost to that dude, but he hasn't proven enough, and I have. So, I his last fight was against Jacare Souza. He he beat him um, in a decision that was. Tilted to end, and everyone said that was the number one contender fight. They need to stop changing their minds. UFC, stop changing your minds. You said that's a championship fight next, then we're rocking with it. That's who the championship, who's going to fight the champion next. So um, I'm with Gaslam. I believe he deserves a title shot, and I would love to see a fight between him and Robert Whitaker. Both smaller middleweights, both crazy explosive striking um both very very mobile and you know both have incredible heart so i love the matchup and just based off of that i like that matchup more than the the rick whitaker chris weidman matchup um, I personally think Robert Whitaker runs through Chris Weidman. I think he is takedown defense is too good, and I think he has better striking. So um, just matchup-wise, just based on the strength of that, I have to go with Kelvin Gastelum. Um, but, I mean, either way, you, you I mean... I think that at the end of the day, the fans are going to like social media and like the buzz that people are getting. Um, you, I think that's what's going to end up determining it. So we'll, we'll end up seeing what happens. All right. Um, th- this was interesting. Um, I, I spoke about this a couple weeks ago um, in terms of the Dana White contender series, um, which I think is the best show MMA show on TV period uh, these are legitimate contenders going out there and doing work to get an MMA or to a UFC contract so um, in just looking at that uh, again I, I think it's an amazing show this is what I didn't like Greg Hardy um, who was a former pro bowler for the um, Dallas Cowboys and the uh, Carolina Panthers um, ended up getting kicked out of the UFC or not the UFC getting kicked out of the NFL because of domestic abuse issues. Um, it was a, a big deal when it happened. And the fact that the NFL legitimately wiped his hands with any of their athletes, I think says a lot. 
And, and I'm not even talking about, I mean, because we already know how it is. If you take a knee or do anything political in that realm, yeah, you're blackballed. But if you smack some women around and you do some other thing, you know, unfortunately, the NFL has proven that they give second, third, fourth, fifth chances to people that aren't that great of people. So the fact that the NFL said no to this guy says everything. So the UFC picks him up because now since he's left, you know, um, the NFL in his football career, he's starting a different career and jumping into MMA. So he had his first professional fight um, in this past week's Dana White's Contender Series. He ended up fighting um, also former NFL standout Austin Lane. Uh, now, Austin Lane, a little different than um, Greg Hardy, is that Austin Lane has uh, four pro fights already, and he has 10 fights altogether. He was 10 and 0, um, range striker, and he's also competed in um, a couple uh, grappling tournaments as well. So, this is somebody who is actually, you know, really embraced that like martial arts life, and he's legitimately moved on to his next career. Um, he, I, I'm not gonna say he was the same caliber athlete um, as a Greg Hardy in the NFL, um, because if Greg Hardy wasn't a knucklehead, he'd still be there. So, still, two upper echelon athletes, um, they faced off this week. Greg Hardy outweighed uh, Austin Lane by about 20 pounds, and Greg Hardy goes out there and I'm talking about Knox Austin Lane. The first, okay, so the first round goes out there. Uh, both gentlemen are moving around, and you can tell that first of all, for a big what a 241-pound man and a 261-pound man, these are upper echelon athletes. Um, they they both pretty much met at the middle. Um, they were physical, kind of moved off. Uh, Austin Lane tried to throw a couple uh, short shots and um, seemed as if he was able to pretty much take Hardy's you know size and just strength. Um, it was more of a feeling out process. Both gentlemen, not the cleanest technique, but. Um, when they went out there and again you can tell both guys are really really raw um but what can i say out of nowhere towards the end of the round greg hardy throws just a pinpoint right hand boom throws and then just throws a devastating left hook cleans often lane and just completely out um the fight was over and all you can say after that was I mean, it was rough. It was really rough. Um, and uh, after the fight, uh, Dana White went on to say that obviously Greg Hardy, he's got a lot of raw talent and he's very powerful. And he looked damn good in his showing tonight at the Contender White series. So we signed him into a different type of deal. Deals we've done with other people where you see some promise, you give these athletes the opportunity to build themselves up and get better. He moves on to say, in a perfect world, we'd 
love to, to see him do a turn or early turnaround and have him fight again in the last fight of the contender series, which will be later in this July. Um, so that's what he would like to do to go ahead and bring up um, Hardy. Look, I'm all for people getting second chances. And if he has legitimately turned his life around, kudos to him. But I think this is a terrible look. Having somebody who was pretty much arrested and kicked out of one league for domestic violence and then allowing them to pretty much make violence their way of life and give them a pat on the back. I think just gives the wrong impression of the type of athletes and people that we want in this sport. If we want to go ahead and make MMA mainstream, if we want to go ahead and make MMA pop culture, you cannot allow guys who are cool with domestic violence to go out there and actually fight people for a living. You know, it, it just doesn't seem as if they've actually thought this all the way through. How could you? Now, granted, yes. Does the heavyweight division need some life? Absolutely. But that's why you have guys like Juan Adams coming in who's going to be doing work. That's what you need to do. Find other guys. You don't need to go out here and end up having an athlete that can already put a black eye on your sport. It is a bad look, man. Um, it, it, I, I can't cheer for Greg Hardy. He's known and he's essentially been convicted of actually slapping women around. I, I can't be cool with that. So UFC, I understand you got to get your money. And if that's how they look at it, look, they can bring a little bit of a crossover appeal. He has a bad boy. People love watching athletes that they want to see lose. So, of course, this is, this is for them. It's a win. But how does it in the long run make our sport look? I don't know if... They have actually thought that through. And at the end of the day, we'll see what is happening. Um, last thing on the MMA front. Uh, Ronda Rousey. Um, one of the greatest female fighters of all time. I've given her a hard time because I was never a fan of the the tackiness that she 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 put out there she didn't handle winning with grace and she handled losing even worse so um i was never a huge fan of her but um you cannot deny what she has meant to the development of women's mma so the UFC has just inducted her into the UFC's modern wing of the UFC's Hall of Fame. Um, congrats to Ronda Rousey. If I had a cheering button, I'd do it. They'd be like, yay. <laughs> For real, congratulations. Um, she does deserve it. Um, I think this is a bit premature on the UFC's part, simply because she has yet to go out and actually talk about and face pretty much the music of her last two losses in the UFC. 
So, um, congratulations for take getting the, the you know to being in, in the Hall of Fame. Well deserved. At all, absolutely. Um, I wish they gave it to her in a couple years after she's actually spoken about, you know, her losses and how, and then after her WWE career started to really pick up, you know, when she had a little bit more of that, then I would have been, I think, more okay with it. Um, but all in all, congratulations to her. And, uh, I mean, yeah, that, that is our MMA news for the day. All right. Moving on to the world of boxing. I can't believe it. It's finally happened. Canelo Alvarez versus Gennady Golovkin is a done deal. Oscar De La Hoya, the promoter of Golden Boy and uh, Canelo's uh, promoter, uh, confirmed that this week. The fight will be taking place. The fight takes place September 15th. So September 15th, we will see the rematch. And already the uh, better lines are opened up. And Gennady Golovkin is a current favorite um, against... uh, He's a current favorite against um, Canelo. Which he should be. No doubt. No doubt, he, he he's definitely in my opinion in in the uh, the favorite. But uh, man, this fight didn't seem like it was gonna happen. Um, originally, the fight was supposed to happen on May fifth, but after two failed uh, tests for uh, a banned substance, clenbuterol, by uh, Canelo Alvarez, uh, De La Hoya uh, announced it um, that the fight this past Wednesday was through. So originally, the contention was Gennady Golovkin wanted 45% of his fight purse and Golden Boy was only offered him 42.5% of the the supposed purse. Um, ESPN's Dan Raffle noted that Alvarez earned 70% of the purse from their first fight and said that after the fight, the stipulations in the contract said that 35%, it would have bumped up to 35% for May. But since the event didn't happen, Triple G said that, hey, don't forget that. You missed, you messed up. Now I deserve at least 45%. Um, it seems like they ended up coming to, to an agreement at that, you know, 43% ish or something like that. Regardless of the money, it finally happened. Um, I'm very excited for this fight uh, that's going to be commonly coming to fruition. But at the end of the day, are, is the mainstream media, you know, have they lost their luster for this? Um, are people as excited about it because Canelo um, went ahead? and did test positive for a banned substance and um do they have enough time to promote it there's only about 10 weeks until that event so if there's only 10 weeks until that event what are they gonna do so i'm curious to see what they're gonna do um the numbers the pay-per-view numbers and everything are obviously gonna go ahead and take a hit um but regardless i'm excited to see that if that fight and um to be honest with you before that event 
I had, or before all the, the craziness in May, I had uh, Canelo picked to win. Um, now, man, I'm not gonna stunt. I, I, I changed my mind. I, uh, I'm leaning towards at this moment in time. I'm leaning towards uh, Triple G. I can change my mind. I can absolutely change my mind. I can absolutely do it. But uh, as of right now, I have to. I have to rock um, with uh, with with uh, Triple G. Um, yeah, we have a lot of great shows still to come today. And uh, as you know, you are listening to the Fight Podcast. I am Serge Vicente. You are with me today in my our Chicago studios. And it's a great, great being here with you today. Uh, we're brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Uh, sign up for Sage Eats today at www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply the promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Um... All right. The only other thing I want to touch on really quick on uh, boxing news, uh, the Deontay Wilder versus Anthony Joshua fight has been accepted. And um, people, I don't know, really know this fight is still going to happen, but there people are talking and um, this is what. Anthony or should I say uh, Deontay Wilder who has been extremely outspoken about this um, and again this is this fight is for the, the undisputed heavyweight championship of the world these are two these are two generational boxers um, one is 40, 40 and 0 with 39 KOs he's KO'd everyone who he's ever been in there with versus the golden boy the British gentleman who's 20 and 20 0 with 19 KOs. Um, it's, it's just, this is a fight that we all want to see, and uh, they've been dancing around it for a long time. One guy says the other one doesn't want it, the other one says the other one wanted. So, you know, dudes have been talking a little spicy back and forth. This is what Deontay Wilder just released. You don't see no fear in my eyes. I ain't scared of no man. There's no man I'm afraid of ever on this earth. I wasn't raised like that. I wasn't born like that. It wasn't applied in my heart, baby. This is what I do. No man can ever say he looked into my eyes and seen fear because fear don't exist. There's no home for fear in my heart. The things I've been through, the shit I had to go through, fear don't exist in my heart. You better ask about me. <laughs> That's it, guys. You better ask about me. Nah, baby. Yo, <laughs> yo, Deontay Wilder is just such a great personality, man. So he on that post on Instagram said with that, dear Anthony Joshua fans, six, since you acting dumb, delusional or just plain stupid, here you go. Breaking news. The $50 million offer for Joshua to fight me next in the U.S. is still available to him if he wants it. In addition to that, today I agreed to their offer to fight Joshua next in the U.K. If Joshua prefers the fight in the U.K., the ball is in their court. It's up to them to choose. U.S. or U.K., I'm in. 
You love it. I love it. It is one of those like him going out there and saying that it is it just just makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. And and the good thing about it is he's not the only one talking about this. Um Eddie Hearn, the manager, or should I say the promoter of um of Anthony Joshua um, confirmed this. He says that he absolutely wants that fight. And uh, they're actually talking about different locations. Originally, he said he wanted to have that fight in September, but since the Gennady Golovkin Canoco Avres fight was placed in September, um, now he's shooting to end up, uh, they're looking in for October and November, and they wanted to be in Cardiff. Britain so um, you know that we're gonna take the bait and go ahead and uh, have the fight here in the States so uh, it seems as if that fight is tentatively gonna happen um, October or November of this year I hope this happens Um, it will be one of the best events um, in a very long time and if it does get confirmed soon then um, hopefully they can start promoting that so we can start uh, watching that very, very soon. I can't wait. Um, yeah, we have a lot of great shows still to come. Uh, this week's Fighter Focus, where we share stories about fighters that you may not know, along with last week's big fight, uh, fight MMA and boxing cards. And we'll see how I did on my picks. And you know what? After my picks, where let's be honest, I went 10 of 4. Um, I still think I, I could have done better, but some of the decisions, uh, I, I picked the other guy, and you know, I still felt like this afterwards. I can't stunt. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. Oh, it felt so good. Felt so good to have a good week of picks. So we were 10 for, 10 for 14 this past week, and. Um, and yeah, man. It, 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 so I'll get to to um, to how I did, and then I break those events down very soon. Um, and again, remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast, and make sure to follow me at Serge Vicente. Don't forget to support the show by checking me out on the website www.thefightpodcast.com. Purchase merch today. Next up, we have our Prospect Alert. Prospect Alert is where we show love to up-and-coming prospects who have the skills and the talent, but might not be a household name just yet. So this week, we're going to take time out to highlight the future MMA star, Dominic Reyes. Record, nine wins, zero losses, with eight finishes. And now back to your host, Sergio Vicente, to tell us a bit more about this fighter. Yes, yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. And uh, yo, prospect alert. Um, love prospect alert, man. Love breaking down uh, these fighters. And this week's prospect alert 
Dominic the Dominator Reyes. Yo, seriously, this dude is a beast. Um, he is 6'4, 9-0, 6 KOs, 2 submissions, and only one of his opponents have even made it out of the first round. The only person that made it to a decision with him was the only one that ended up getting out of the first round. So whoever that guy is, salute to you, sir. But regardless of all that, uh, Dominic Reyes is um, incredible. Uh, he um, has had three fights already in the UFC, um, and he's fighting out of Victoryville, California. This dude is so well-rounded. Um, and let's be honest, the 205-pound lightweight division, not just in the UFC, but just all over the place, needs some like life. We need some young athletes that are um, that are doing something. I mean, look at the, the people who are still in the top 10. Daniel Cormier, the champion, is about to be a heavyweight, or is a heavyweight, um, and he's 40 years old. John Jones, we don't know where heck he is. Alexander Gustafson can't stay healthy. Um, Glover Teixeira is like 73. Who else do they have? I mean, think about it. There's there's no... uh, Shogun Hua is still rated in the top five. Shogun was a pride champion and lost his chip like seven years ago to John Jones. So... I mean, this is necessary. People like Dominic Reyes are necessary. Um, But this dude, his ground game is incredible. Um, He's actually competed in uh, the IBJJFs uh, and in Worlds, you know, came in second, which is incredible. Um, He has one thing that I really, especially after watching a number of his fights, for being such a young fighter, he has so much composure. He would, he goes out there, um, and especially in his last two fights against Jared Cantonier and Jeremy Kimball, both men really pushed him. Both men really landed solid shots. And both men got dealt with in the first round. He's so solid. Um, he has great timing with his leg kicks, moving forwards and backwards, um, but also with his combinations. When he knocked out Jerry Cantonier, it was with a counter uppercut. He slid back and just fired this uppercut in the middle of Cantonier's combination when Jerry Cantonier was looking like he was actually doing some work. He does this consistently. Um, in his other fight against Jeremy Kimball, Jeremy Kimball was trying to take it to the ground, pressing the pace, pushing him against the cage. He reversed position ended up dictating the pace on the ground um, because the kid has solid wrestling ends ends up sinking in a nasty submission for a second commission his sub of his career so I'm very very high on this kid and especially think about it as old as that division is Luke Rockhold just got injured Alexander Gustafson needs a dance partner Put Reyes in there the same way that the UFC keeps on giving these old guys. Give him somebody like Glover to share. Give him like somebody that, you know, or shoot, ooh, Alexei Volkov. 
Let's give him Volkov. That would be a very entertaining fight. All in all, Dominic the Devastator Reyes um, is one of the best um, up-and-coming fighters out there. One of the best, if not the best, up-and-coming prospect for the 205-pound division. Um, huge fan. Look out for that dude. Um, he should be fighting, hopefully, again for the end of this year. And I'll talk about it when it comes up. Moving right along. Let's recap finally. Let's jump into last weekend's fights. We have UFC 225 Chicago, the sold out. It was a sold out main event or at the United Center. Uh, the, the United Center, as we all know, the house that MJ built. Um, the event really delivered. Just like I was talking about earlier in the show when I kicked off the show, um, I give it easily. Easily, I give it an 8 out of 10. Um, all in all, from top to bottom, minus a couple uh, <laughs> snafus, I guess you could say. Um, is Primarily being the intro to the uh, pay-per-view card. Um, I thought it was a great event. Um, there was a lot of controversy and drama uh, along the way. And again, possibly the worst uh, professional fight that anybody's ever seen. So uh, I'm just going to go ahead and jump into it. And again, not, not just MMA. I mean, there was three incredible championship boxing fights this weekend. We had Leo Santa Cruz versus Abner Mares. We had Austin Trout versus Jamel Charlo. And we had Terrence Bud Crawford against Jeremy Horn. So I'll talk about all those coming up. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start off with the UFC 225's 185-pound uh, middleweight championship. Whoa. Whoa. Just such a great fight. Um, I've, I've watched it three times already, and I'm going to be honest with you, it, it, it's it's just solid, man. You don't get tired of watching it. And just, th this is MMA at its best. You're watching two world-class athletes, I mean, playing essentially chess. It's great. It's really, really a great matchup. And um, watching these two guys go back and forth, I mean, salute to them on an incredibly main event. Um, check this out. I had Yoel Romero winning. I had him up three rounds to five. Um, and I'm going to break it down, but not only did I think he, Yoel had, had it three rounds to five, what Yoel, what do you do Yoel think? You won. Three, four, five. Three, four, five. You see? Are you shocked yeah. that you didn't get the, the decision? Um, you know, I am very professional, you know, as the decision for the for the for the judge, but I know I I, I win. I know hundred percent I win. Um I know I'm a loser. Um I'm I'm a, a little mad, but at the end of the day. The people know. The people see what happened. The people, the people can 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 say well, uh, uh, what's going on. What's what happened the Saturday night in Chicago? Uh, uh, honestly, I win the fight, um, but you see what it is. 
if you couldn't understand what he was saying, um, he said he believes he wins round three, four, and five. Uh, and he believes he's a champ. It is what it is. I agree with him. I believe that Yoel Romero should be the champion. I don't believe that he should have been docked by that for those 0.2 pounds, um, which I spoke about at the beginning of the show. But I also don't believe he lost. And just to just talk about, just to break down the fight a little bit, the first rounds one and two, um, I gave those rounds to Robert Whitaker. Robert Whitaker was doing a phenomenal job. And, and really quick, before I even jump into that, the crowd, Chicago stand up, you guys showed out. Um, it was a great event. It was jumping the entire time. You can feel the energy and there was only one slight lull, but the energy in the entire night was just, just nuts. So salute to Chicago. They really showed out, great event. Um, but again, man, going into the Yoel fight, and again, I did pick Yoel, and honestly, I, st- I still think he won. So, damage. The first two rounds, nothing really happened. Whitaker um, absolutely threw more, more punches, and he dictated the pace of the fight. So that's why I gave him those two rounds. Whitaker landed some, some, some very, very nice body kicks. But nothing that he threw at any point in time seemed as if it actually hurt Yoel. So round three comes and Yoel, and, and again, the, the round starts off like the, the, the past two rounds, um, a couple, about 30 seconds or so into it, you can tell Yoel picks up the pace. And the round three is where Yoel has a bulk of his finishes in his career. So this is where he turns it on. He turns it on and just like he says it, boom, drops Whitaker. And Whitaker is in survival mode the entire round. For the last two and a half minutes of the round, Whitaker is in survival mode. Kudos to him for getting through the round, but at the end of the day, he still lost that round. So, me personally, I gave him a 10-9 for that round, but you could have argued a 10-8 because the damage on that was that significant. Goes to the fourth round. Whitaker looks like he has his, his bearings back, and he's moving around again, doing what he did in the first two rounds. Looking as if he's starting to win until about the last minute and 30 seconds of the round. What ends up happening? Crack! Yoel rocks him again, stiffs him up. Boom! Another huge left hook by Yoel Romero. Hits Whitaker clean in the jaw. He ends up doing a little stanky leg wobble dance. He's surviving for the rest of the round. The way I judge rounds is at the end of that round, who would I rather be? At the end of that round, 100% I would have rather been Yoel. Whitaker didn't land anything significant, didn't have any takedowns, didn't have anything of, of value. The devastated and most significant shots were landed by Yoel Romero that round, so I gave Yoel that round. 
the next round um, was the the definition and Joe Rogan post fight and the rest of the the remainder of the commentary team agrees. It should have been 10-8 round. Yo Romero just completely dry. He drops uh, Whitaker again with a huge right hand. Dropped him again with a huge left hook later in the round. And then proceeded to have four takedowns as well. Beat him up on the ground. Beat him up standing up. Beat him up and they went back down. And everywhere they went, both men were exhausted. Robert Whitaker was doing everything in his power to get out. It, 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 just watching, I mean, but just, and I'll give Robert Whitaker this, 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 this much props also. The heart that he has to go out there and just fight off this, this huge, this animal of a competitor. The freak of freaks, like Joe Rogan says. He was out there just, 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 just getting destroyed, and he kept coming back. He kept standing up, kept running back at it, and you know what? I have to give Robert Whitaker so much props because he made this a fight. A lesser man would have pulled out, no doubt, no questions asked. A lesser person would have pulled out, but Robert Whitaker, the champion that he is, he kept fighting. Now, does that change the fact that I believe he took L? No, no doubt. No, he lost. He got beat up. That should have been a 10-8 round. Um, and, and one thing, and granted, I, I will say, and everyone is making a huge deal. They're making more of a deal about Robert Whitaker being, having so much heart because at the end of the fight, it seems as if he had a broken hand. I'm very happy that he fought through a broken hand. Uh, I, I understand it. But the fact that the media is, instead of sp spinning this and saying that, look, Yoel got robbed, they're saying that, oh my God, look at how incredible and tough Robert Whitaker is, which he is. But he's a cage fighter, man. All of them are tough. So I'm not, like, I'm not impressed by somebody fighting through a broken hand because Every man who is in there's fighter and woman is, is going in and fighting with injuries. So my concern for Robert Whitaker going forward, because this fight, I don't see them making these guys fight again. Um, they fought twice and it does not seem as if Robert Whitaker wants to go ahead and fight um, uh, UL Romero again. Now, and here's one thing. I want to bring this up because I kind of want to just further kind of hammer through my point. Um, I'm going to bring up the uh, the numbers for this past card. And look, again, it was, it was a great, 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 you know, uh, contest. But... Okay, here, here, are the, here are the numbers. At the end of the fight, knockdowns. Your your Romero two knockdowns. Robert Rodriguez none. Total strikes landed. Yoel did not uh, throw as many strikes. It is 149 strikes to 100. Oh wait up! Total strikes. He landed more. So okay, so okay, strikes landed. 149 strikes landed to 129 strikes landed. Yoel Romero uh, gets leads that category. Total strike 
percentage. Yoel Romero landed 51% of his punches. Significant strikes landed. 111 to 128. Robert Whittaker's 39%. Yoel Romero, 46%. Takedowns. 4-0, Yoel Romero. How do you give Robert Whittaker that fight? He didn't lead in any statistical category. And, and for those of us who say, for instance, um, oh, Robert Whitaker was more busy. I don't care about that. Look at the percentage. Floyd Mayweather made a career out of land at throwing less punches, but landing the more significant strikes. And that's what Yoel Romero did. So... Again, I don't see how the other commentators or podcast hosts or anybody else who go out there can sit there and actually look at the stats, look at the fights more than one time, and say that Robert Whitaker won the fight. The best you can give me and you can do is say that it was a draw, saying that uh, Yoel won rounds three and five rounds four and five and then with a 10 eight and then you gave Whitaker one two and three okay then maybe I I might be okay with that but at the end of the day I don't even think it was that close uh I have to give the fight to um your Romero now here's 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 the uh the next fight on that that was the next championship card uh was Welterweight Rafael dos Anjos versus Kobe Covington for the um, interim welterweight championship at 170 pounds. Yo, Kobe Covington wins unanimous or a split decision, um, and it was a very very entertaining fight. Um, some people I know they're not gonna go ahead and like Kobe's style. Uh, he is that hyper aggressive in your face wrestler just not to the to the the level of a a Khabib Nargamedov but still extremely talented and well-rounded now how do I think that he would do you know against uh so okay in that fight the fight was the whole thing, the whole, the whole time, one guy driving forward, the other guy, um, you know, defending. RDA does not do well against aggressive wrestlers, just like Khabib. And honestly, I made that oversight. I thought that with 170 pounds and that, you know, within his career, I've seen him fight some other wrestlers and he has not seemed like that was an issue. But after watching it, it was the exact same issues that he had had against Khabib. He had against Kobe, somebody who was in his face and relentless. And you know what, man? Kobe Covington, all the garbage trash talk aside, he went out there and executed a fantastic game plan. Salute to Kobe Covington winning this. Now, um, what did Kobe have to say about this? And how did he feel about this? Obviously, he had something to say, but this is what he said. Show that I'm the most well-rounded fighter on the planet, and that's what I did tonight. I can outstrike anybody. My pace alone is, is unstoppable. No one can keep with my pace. And, and Tyrone Woodley's felt that in the gym. He knows it. You know, he's tired at home. He's probably still out of breath. <laughs> What's up? Yo, so... He believes he's going to fight um, Tyron Woodley for the uh, 170 pound title to unify the belt. And um, I think it's going to be an interesting fight. 
to be honest, I think T Wood destroys him. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think that Kobe Covington is as good of a wrestler as Tyron Woodley. And I don't think he's as explosive and powerful. Everything that Kobe does well, I think Tyron does better and better. So we'll see what happens when it when this fight comes to fruition. But um, all in all, I'm not gonna you know pull a Michael Bisping and uh, and and take a, you know try to knock uh, Kobe in any way. Congratulations to you and uh, you know that 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 fight. Um, I'm gonna keep uh, go jump back into uh, kind of talk more about this event. But uh, remember, uh, we're listening to the Fight Podcast, and we Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code Fight. For 20% off your first, not one, not two, but three months. And also remember to follow The Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at The Fight Podcast. And follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show by checking me out on the website, www.thefightpodcast.com. And don't forget to interact with us. Weekly, we have our Instagram story polls. The more you interact with us there, the more cool things we'll continue doing. And don't forget to purchase merch today. All right. Um... The next fight on this card, which I thought was incredible, and then I'm going to talk about the other the other weirdness, was Holly Holm versus uh, Megan Anderson. So this fight was supposed to be the, the coming out power party for Megan Anderson. This is Megan Anderson, the women's uh, 145 pound champion of the Invicta Fighting Championships. Um, She's she's awesome. She's uh, six feet tall, walks around at about 170 pounds. Incredible power. She broke the last three women's orbital bones leading up to this event. So everybody was waiting for it. And you can tell the the, the energy and the atmosphere when she came in was nuts. Um, and again, this young lady comes is from Australia. Um, and Holly Holm is the, the woman who beat up and was the first one to knock out Ronda Rousey, uh, former boxing, multiple time boxing champion, former UFC women's 135 pound champion. And, uh, yo, she is incredible. She's one of the greatest female fighters of all time. And I don't believe anybody can take that from her. So this fight happens and this is a great matchup. Uh, Megan Anderson is they walked out there looked two weight classes bigger than Holly Holm and Holly Holm usually looks like the more physically imposing woman out there yo Megan was just like head and shoulders taller and um and the size initially you can tell the first exchange made a huge difference Megan Anderson comes straight forward throws a combination that snaps back Holly Holmes' head and then she land a huge knee that hurts Holly Holmes. I had to stand up and I was like, yo, this is this is gonna be done. But Holly Holmes, man, impressed me more than anybody else on this card. She 
all of a sudden looked like she threw her singlet on and was Ben Askren out there. She goes out there and shows phenomenal growth in her game, took down Megan Anderson and controlled the fight the entire duration of the fight. Was on top of the moving direct, you know, just moving around, going, splitting the guard, going from half guard, going to mount. And landing some big elbows, landing some good ground and pound. And again, all in all, controlling the bigger, more physical woman. And again, doing work throughout the entire fight. So it didn't seem off or strange. So yeah, I, I had to, to to show love to Holly Holm, and remember, this was a uh, the woman's featherweight bout. Uh, it was great. It it really was, and uh, she, she she really did impress me throughout. Um, all right, the next fight, which was super entertaining. Oh oh, before I move on to the next thing, man. Um, Holly Holm kept great pressure and poise, and showed that you know honestly, and this is one thing I want to touch on. Uh, she showed that yo, there are just levels to this game, and it's one of the most corny sayings that people have, but it's legit. Um, there's there's different levels, and Holly Holm prove that it's Chris Cyborg, it's Holly Holm and Amanda Nunes, and uh, and honestly, it's everybody else. So after the fight, Chris Cyborg said that she jumps on social media and she goes out and says, Holly Holm needs to go back down at the 135 and fight Amanda Nunes, the champion, at 135 pounds. The winner of that would get Cyborg at the end of this year or at the beginning of next year. And, yo, only thing I have to say about that is... Yo, I am with them. I am so excited. Like, that's perfect. That's exactly. And the winner of that fight, and granted, yes, Holly Holm has fought uh, Man of News in the past. Or not a Man of News. Holly Holm has fought Chris Cyborg. But come on, man. That was her, Chris Cyborg's most entertaining fight. And, um, man. It, that will be for like the greatest female fighter of all time the winner of this like next round robin so i can't wait and i really do, do hope that uh that entire kind of fight card comes to fruition all right jumping back into tai tuavasa and uh an andre arlovsky fight this fight was a good fight uh fun fight um it showed me a couple things first things Yo, Andre Arlovsky still has so much in the tank. He's an entertaining fighter. He's fun. Um, 
he doesn't nearly have as much power or explosion, especially on his straight right hand. He used to be able to throw his right hand that was very snappy and almost boxer-like. Just It was very fast, very compact, very snappy. It, uh, his right hand is much more loopy now, and it seems like it's much more of an arm punch than what he used to throw. So it doesn't have nearly as much power as he had in the past, regardless He's incredible. And um, the fact that after all the knockouts and after all the wars that he's had, he is still fighting the upper echelon guys. UFC, this is how you make stars. You put your old vets who still have a lot in the tank fight, fight the up and coming prospects. The, and they, the prospects can make a name off the vets back. They did this with this fight, and they actually did this with another fight in a little bit that I'm going to talk to, the uh, Anthony Smith fight with Rashad Evans. Um, but, yo, Tai Suvasa, fun guy, does the nasty shoe-drinking thing, the beer after the fight with the spit. I have no idea. It's disgusting. Got to be something Australian, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, look, the fight was great. Tai Suvasa showed, um, one, he has a great chin. And two, he actually has more of a gas tank than all of us thought. He fought a tough fight for three hard rounds. So um, with this and after this fight, I would love to see him go up against... Um, the Curtis Blades of the world, who, again, I'll talk about in a second. Uh, I'd love to see him eventually go against um, the Juan Adams type of guys. I'd love to see him go against um, Francis Ngannou's and Derek Lewis. So there's a lot of possible matches for Taito Avasa in the future. But again, salute to him. Uh, great, great, great fight. All right. This is where the fight card just was just this was the most doo-doo fight in MMA history. CM Punk versus Mike Jackson. <sighs> All right. So here's my breakdown for this. And honestly, I don't want to give this a lot of credence of time. It's looked like two amateurs who just didn't belong in there. Mike Jackson seemed as if he had a more experience in combat sports than CM Punk did and CM Punk ended up just looking like someone who's never really been an athlete he didn't seem athletic didn't seem very mobile and um, it didn't seem in the last two years he, he looked even worse this fight than he did the, the fight before against uh, Mickey Gall this fight was at 170 pounds. Um, neither men looked in tremendous shape. Um, I mean, look, I could even bring the pull the numbers up for this fight. A hundred twenty nine punches to fifty six landed, sixty four significant strikes to CM Punk's nineteen. Each man had a takedown. And CM Punk was only one for nine in his takedown attempts. It was a pretty embarrassing show. Uh, people talk about CM Punk's, you know, he did such a great job. He showed so much heart. Look, man, how much heart is it to go in there and fight somebody for like $9 million, which is what I think they said uh, CM Punk won for that. 
He's treated like a professional fighter. He gets paid better than most professional fighters, strictly based on his celebrity. That's ridiculous. There's no way in hell. So I don't feel bad or say, no, it's not brave. It's not anything. You went out there because you're an entertainer, you're used to the crowds, and you took some discomfort for a while. Um, this fight was ridiculous, and Mike Jackson honestly sh- showed his ass, uh, so to speak, and um, just was playing around, um, made a pretty much like it seemed like a mockery of what was going on. And uh, yo, he honestly pissed off people and he pissed off the boss himself Dana White and this is what Dana had to say about that fight not happy with this guy was acting like a goofball tonight you get this opportunity to come in and fight CM Punk and you're doing like bolo punches to the body on top never looked like he was trying to finish the fight ever right looked like he could have finished the fight a few times never tried I don't know what that guy did for a living before we gave him the shot but whatever it was he needs to go back and do that again he's 0-2 as far as I'm concerned well, to that point, it seemed like he was trying to milk it um, to, to stay on TV longer. Did you get that sense? I got the sense that, that he's a complete fucking idiot, and uh, I couldn't wait for that fight to end, and I regretted not putting it on Fight Pass. So, dang! <laughs> uh, Dana White with the spicy talk. Uh, especially when he's not pleased with the performances. But at the end of the day, he's not wrong. Mike Jackson uh, made a fool of himself and uh, showed why he nor CM Punk belonged in there. Um, That's all the time I'm going to even give that nonsense because there were some great fights still on that card. Um, All right, so Curtis Blades... Uh, fought Alistair Overeem and finished him in just a beautiful uh, two-round performance. Uh, this is a heavyweight bout versus the number one ranked uh, heavyweight versus the number four ranked heavyweight. And um, it was beautiful to see. Curtis Blades, someone who, again, for me, this is a pick em fight, and I ended up changing my pick last minute and named it picking Curtis Blades. He's a Shire-Town hometown uh, guy. And uh, and he's just young and explosive, and I, I thought that his wrestling would prevail. Um, and honestly, I thought Overeem may have a little bit more. Uh, this fight um, was quick work eventually by Curtis Blades. Ends up doing a phenomenal job on the feet, uh, throwing great combinations. He tags Overeem and hurts him. Looks as if he's going to try to beat him on the feet. And this is when I looked at him and I realized that, yo, Curtis Blades is ready for a title and is already at that upper echelon level. He goes out there and instead of entertaining the fighting because when you're hurt, you're going to revert to what your thing is. And over reverses his, his, his tremendous kickboxing and usually knocks people out. Look at, you know, shoot half his fights. He, he can get hurt and he ends up dropping people. So um, Curtis Blaze, instead of entertaining the striking, takes the fight, huge double leg takedown. Overeem, as soon as Lance takes a huge 
big deep breath the whole crowd even jumps into it um and then he ends up landing subsequently huge elbows splitting over him moping finishing the fight after the fight this is what curtis blaze believed um he felt after the fight and this is what he believes he deserves I love that man I really do um he's he's I feel like Curtis Blades is doing something that a lot of people don't do and he seems as if he's extremely tactical on um moving up the rankings um he believes he's going to be the champion he has the energy of someone who believes they're going to be the champion and um to be honest with you man i don't see why not in the next two a year or so he can absolutely become the champion dc even if he does beat stipe in this upcoming event coming up he's about to retire and stipe isn't a spring chicken in his own right so i i mean i don't see why not so i can't wait um i would love to see him fight francis and make a little bit of name off of that that rub and uh keep going so salute to uh to curtis blaze and good luck with the rest of that uh also i want to talk about you know, Gadeja uh, beat carlos sparza in the unanimous decision uh, but i thought that was an awesome fight um light heavyweight uh fight rashad evans who is a legend in sport lost by vf first round ko to anthony smith yo if you guys don't know anthony smith he's on a five fight win streak each of them by knockout um he's found a home at 205 and yo i i felt bad for rashad but again these are these up-and-coming dudes who can make a uh, a name off the old vets it was sad to see but great show by anthony smith um sergio pettis uh beat joseph benedictes in a really really close fight um dropped joseph in the first round joseph benavides of those who don't know um is a top 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 uh prospect at uh or not prospect veteran um he's had some injury issues over the past couple years but just all in all great uh performance by sergio pettis um he moves with that win puts himself closer to a uh a title for, uh, shot um yo uh kind of smooth moving and that uh, real quick man that was the ufc 225 chicago card uh again beautiful card a great great show put on by the ufc and uh, i hope that this brings more pay-per-view events to chicago um i thought it was awesome um also this weekend, Showtime Boxing had Leo Santa Cruz fight Abner Mades. Um, Leo Santa Cruz uh, in the second, this is their second matchup, won in the exact same way, um, beat Abner Mades, unanimous decision. Very entertaining fight, um, just like the last time, just like we called. Uh, Leo Santa Cruz ended up using his boxing, used his range, and just outworked Abner Mades throughout the fight. Great fight, though, super entertaining. Um, Jermell Charlo uh, fought Austin Trout and won by majority decision. 
Score, check this out. Scorecards are 118, 108, 115, 111, and 113, 113? Yo, I had it 118, 108 myself. I, I, I only gave two rounds to Austin Trout. Jamel Charlo, and this is what I will say, he tried way too hard to get to KO. With that being said, he did drop um, Trout twice. Yes, he didn't finish him, but the two times that he ended up dropping him, and Trout fought the majority of the fight, it was seeming like he was hurt. Charlo looked good still. He looked very good. Um, but, man, judges, we have to do something about 113-1 thing. Come on, man. You, you When they make these poor decisions, you hurt fighters' ability to sell fights. You hurt fighters' ability to make money. Don't do that. Get better judges in there. But great fight by Charlo. Um, and then that also leads up to a fight versus Charlo versus the uh, versus Jared Hurd to unify the belts. So again, I cannot wait. All right. And the last fight on uh, the weekend was Terrence Carford, who is widely regarded as the pound for pound number one fighter, moved up from uh, lightweight, now fights at welterweight at 147. And he beat Jeff Horn. Jeff Horn, who beat... Um, Manny Pacquiao in his last time out, but Crawford dominated in an eight round uh, just masterpiece. Uh, ref jumped in, and uh, Crawford was just too fast, too strong, through too many good combinations, and uh, was just, I mean, just too smart for him. So, um, I can't wait for the potential matchups for Terrence Crawford on, you know, in the future. I would love to see him fight Errol Spence Jr. I would love to see him fight Danny Garcia. I would love to see him fight Sean Porter. I will you know, love to see him fight any of those guys. So um, we'll see uh, what ends up happening. But, you know, great, great, uh, great weekend of fights. Um this was uh, it was really really fun and uh unfortunately man this upcoming weekend we really don't have any fights coming up so uh it, it's gonna be a nice you know week off of fights obviously you know i'm gonna be talking about some stuff um but uh great this is a great week of fights and remember still to come i will um have this week's up and coming fighter focus and uh we're gonna finish off the show with the uh the IG poll uh, results and um, my takeaways from this past uh, week. So uh, that is still to come. You are listening to the Fight Podcast. Remember, uh, come follow us at the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms um, and mess with us www.thefightpodcast.com. Um, we are also on iTunes and SoundCloud. Hey everybody, so our fighter focus today is a fighter who is one of the best MMA fighters in the world who fights outside of UFC. This fighter is on a current 14 fight win streak and is the one championship Bantamweight champ with a record of 22 wins and 3 losses with 11 wins by stoppage. Bibiano the Flash Fernandez. Here's your host, Sergio, for more on this week's fighter.
right, all right, we're back. And um, yo, this week's fighter focus, I'm like I said, I'm doing a little different because what I want to do is I'm going to highlight today a fighter um, in Bibiano the Flash Fernandez. Yo, Bibiano Fernandez is one of the realest guys who doesn't fight in the UFC or any of like the major organizations here in the States that we might know. One championship out there in Asia is Asia's primary um organization is doing work they have so many great cards and fights everything from having fighters and great legends of kickboxing like Yatsen Clive fight and uh, you have other you know just phenomenal fighters that we don't know Ben Askren who has widely been regarded as one of the greatest fighters never to fight in the UFC um, was a champion out there for a long time he has recently retired but uh, Bamiano is one of those guys. He is 22 and 3 with 11 wins by stoppage. This dude is so nasty. He just beat Martin Nugent out of uh, Australia. What Martin Nugent was the champ champ out at uh, 1 FC. He was a champ at 145 and at 155. So that just shows you how good Martin Nugent is. And Bibiana Fernandez just went out there and destroyed him. Dragged him in a decision and ended up winning. He is on a current 14 fight win streak. That is incredible for anybody. Any fighter, especially at high levels of MMA, to go ahead and do that. Um, he ended up, uh, again, Martin Nugent, he ended up getting a split decision victory there. But again, he did work in that one. It wasn't even a, that close of a decision. Um, eight of his wins are by, uh, by submission. So when he does stop fights, he usually chokes somebody out. He's uh, from Brazil. Incredible strike grappling. You know, his striking is solid. His gra- grappling is incredible. Obviously, he's a black belt. Um, uh, he's a, he's a, a black belt uh, in jiu-jitsu as well. So I want to give a salute. That is our fighter focus of the week. Um, Bibiano, the Flash Fernandez, check him out. Uh, he's he fights for one championship out there in Asia, and uh, I'm telling you, man, those guys are pretty aw- uh, awesome. All right, um, running this out, man. Uh, our IG story poll. Uh, this week's poll, I posted it directly after the uh, the UFC 225, uh, the controversial decision. So I brought this up, and I wanted to see what people thought. The question was, who did you feel thought won the fight, Yoel Romero or Robert Whitaker? 79% of our uh, listeners and participants believe that Yoel, the people's champion, won that event. I have to side with the people. I absolutely believe that Yoel won that fight. So uh, I'm glad to see that there's some other people out there who feel me. Um, and also, the second question on there. Should CM Punk get one more opportunity in for the UFC? Yes or no? 90% Ha! 
God, uh, 91.7% of the people who participated in our poll say CM Punk should never fight again. I got to agree with that, too. Thank you for all who uh, participated in that. Um, those are always fun. Uh, this is the Fight Podcast, and you're listening uh, today. And these are my these are look, these are my takeaways from episode 18. My first takeaway is that look, um, there needs to be consistency with consistency with the officiating uh, pre, post, and during fights. You have people giving like the Charlos 113-113. You have people just botching the decision against uh, Yoel Romero. The RDA decision was, uh, could have gone any way also. And there's been consistent different happenings with the judging. But not only that, we have issues with, you know, what's going on prior to it. The commission, get it together. If this, if the fight this past weekend happened in California or in Vegas, 100% I believe that Yoel Romero would have been able to finish up what was going on and he got his weight cut and who knows his head might have been in the right place and honestly I think they probably would have got a better decision also because he wouldn't have had that stigma of a cheater or somebody who missed weight. I really do believe the stigma of that uh, gave pretty much a, a bad taste in the mouth to individuals. So, look, I know everyone has a job to do. I know it's difficult, but judging, commissions, everything, combat sports community, get it together. My second takeaway. The Professional Fighters League, the PFL, is really doing a great job. They had their inaugural event this past week, and they're having their next event in Chicago um, on the 21st of this upcoming week. Uh, yo, they're giving fans a really fun and alternative to the main organizations. Um, with their tournament style and what they're doing, uh, Let's hope the NBC does a great job of telling these athletes stories and continue developing their thing. I love what I'm seeing. I think they're doing a phenomenal job. So all in all, PFL salute to you guys. I really hope it continues. All right. My last takeaway. There are so many, so many great possibilities of matchups coming up. DC versus Stipe, Charlo versus Hurd, Canelo versus Triple G, Whitaker versus Gaslam, Mikey Garcia versus Loma, and so many more. Combat sports right now is at a phenomenal place. Um, honestly, I can't think of any better time, um, and I and I just love everything that I'm seeing. Uh, this is great. There's so many possible matchups, and I'm telling you, this upcoming year is going to be one of the best years in combat sports history. It's going to be phenomenal, so I can't wait, man. Um, and yo, check it out, man. This is pretty much all the time I have for today. Um, next week, we have another exclusive, so pay attention. Remember, when I do exclusives, we do some fun stuff. Uh, so stay tuned for that, and we're going to break down the upcoming UFC uh, events um, and as well what's going on in the rest of the combat sports world. This 
It's Serge Vicente, and um, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for joining me today on episode 18 of the Fight Podcast. The Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code uh, Fight. Uh, for your first three months. Uh, remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente um, at all social media uh, platforms. Uh, support the show by checking me out on the website www.thefightpodcast.com. Purchase merch today. Thank you again, and I will see you next time on the next episode of The Fight Podcast. This is Serge Vicente. Peace out.